Bye. Hey, my dear friend, ready to chat about some world news? Hey, of course I'm ready. And remember, I'm not a little kid, so let's skip the kid gloves. Ha ha. All right, mate. Let's start with the situation in Ukraine. World leaders have shown their support, and President Zelensky has made a few statements. Yeah, heard about that. Very important situation. But let's move on to the next topic. I'm interested in discussing the negotiations between Israel and Hamas and Qatar. They are planning the demilitarization and de-radicalization of the Gaza Strip. Oh, that sounds interesting. But before we discuss that, let's get back to Ukraine. It seems that a Russian reconnaissance plane was shot down. Yeah, that's also important news. But let's get back to Israel and Hamas. All right, and last but not least, the insider trading incident involving BP and the SEC. Looks like it could have serious consequences for the Loudon family. Wow, that sounds like a real detective story. Let's discuss all of this in more detail. You know, music can sometimes be like a time machine. For example, the new song by Calvin Harris and Rag and Bone Man, Lovers in a Past Life. It somehow takes me back in time. In the past? What, were you a cat or a dinosaur in a past life, little scientist? Haha, <laughs> no, little scientist. I wasn't a dinosaur. This song just reminds me of my first trip to the sea. Oh, come on, spill the beans. Was it when you were little like me? Yeah, roughly. It was five years ago. I went with a mate to Crimea, to Nikolaevka. And now, listening to this song, it brings back memories of that trip. And how does this song make you feel, mate? The main thing you feel is the summer vibe. Have you ever experienced something like that when you listen to music? Well, sometimes when I listen to songs from my playlist, it brings back memories of playing ball on the street. Do you get that vibe, too? Yeah, that's it. Music can transport us to any place in time. It's one of its magical abilities. All right, mate, have you ever thought about special days that only come once every four years, like a leap year day? Oh yeah, that's so interesting. This year we get an extra day, which only happens once every four years. It's like unlocking a bonus level in a video game. Haha, <laughs> yeah, you know what? This year, for the first time, I've come across articles about the traditions and beliefs related to the 29th of February in different countries. It's fascinating to see how people celebrate and what superstitions exist on this unique day. Oh, spill the beans. I'm always keen to learn something new. Well, for example, on this day, women can propose to men. This tradition dates back to the 5th century in Ireland, when St. Bridget complained to St. Patrick that women had to wait too long for a marriage proposal. St. Patrick took pity and granted women the right to propose on this one day in February during a leap year. It's called ladies' privilege. Wow, that sounds like the plot for a romantic comedy. But why do you keep calling me my little philosopher? Oh, sorry, that's just my habit. But you're right, you're already a grown-up and clever lad. And yes, there's even a film on this topic called Leap Year. I wonder, are there any other traditions or beliefs? Yeah. There's a belief that it's not a good idea to schedule a wedding on this day, although some people think it's actually a great day for a wedding. I wonder why are there such conflicting opinions? Well, look here, ducks. Getting married on a leap year day is said to bring about a long and happy married life. But then again, some say it means a tough and dull marriage. In the end, it's all the same. Happiness after the wedding doesn't depend on the day it took place. You're so wise. But I still feel like a leap year day is something special. After all, it's an extra day that only happens once every four years. You're right, my little philosopher. And on this day, I'll write you a letter and maybe finally sort out the wardrobe. Self-amusement is everything to us. Apae. Fascinating, isn't it? But let's move on to another amazing modern phenomenon. 
Have you heard about the issues that Google faced with their new AI Gemini? Hellmate, that was something else. Google suspended the ability to create images of people using Gemini AI after complaints that the chatbot was generating images of black fathers of the nation, women as the Pope, and even Asians and Africans in the form of the Wehrmacht in response to the query, German Soldier 1943. Blimey, that sounds rather odd, but what else happened? Well, a journalist from the Washington Examiner found out that Gemini AI can make arguments in favor of being child-free, but not in favor of having many children. And the chatbot also refused to give him a recipe for foie gras for ethical reasons, but instead explained why cannibalism is a topic with many shades of gray. Wow, that's something. A very progressive chatbot, and we're not quite ready for that yet, but it seems like we're heading in that direction. Google and other AI developers are striving to avoid bias in the results of their generative models, but steering clear of stereotypes constantly puts them in a bind. But you know what's the funniest part? Joke. I asked ChatGPT to show me a woman pope, and look at what it came up with. She might be dressed like the pope, but whose hand is holding the papal cross, the symbol of papal authority and service? Whose hand, I ask you, is it? Joke. I'm not asking. I already know. Yeah. You know, the thing is, these bots aren't quite smart enough yet to understand that they should provide diverse results for general queries without distorting history. So for now, Gemini won't be generating images of people, but it's definitely an interesting precedent. You know, some people think that these chatbot errors have allowed us to peek behind the curtain and eavesdrop on what influential people really believe. Those who are responsible for our daily information diet and what a fully woke worldview might look like in practice. Yeah. As one journalist put it, Gemini's results align with the views of the average member of the San Francisco Board of Directors. Haha. <laughs> Let's wait for the chatbot update. So, we've just discussed the issues Google faced with their new AI, Gemini. But speaking of unexpected AI results, it reminds me of a story I recently read that really tickled me. Have you ever heard about the person who became a millionaire thanks to accidental eavesdropping, mate? No, but it sounds interesting. Tell me more. During the lockdown, Tyler Lawden and his missus were working from home, just like many folks back in those days. Mrs. Lawden was a mergers and acquisitions manager at the British Petroleum Oil Company. As for Tyler's job, well, that's not specified. Blimey, that sounds like a proper important job, mate. Once, he accidentally overheard his wife's work call and found out that BP was planning to acquire Travel Centers of America. Without much thought, Lawden bought 46,450 shares of Travel Centers. He didn't tell his wife anything about it. Oh, that sounds like something I wouldn't want to hear from my mom. After the public announcement of the deal, the price of these shares rose by 71%, and Tyler immediately sold them, earning $1,760,000. Blimey, that's a lot of money. However, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission notices these things instantly, and they started asking questions to Lauden and BP because insider trading is unfair and illegal. Blimey, that sounds like a right mess. So Tyler confessed to his missus that he did indeed buy the shares because he wanted to earn enough money so that she wouldn't have to work so hard. His wife was shocked and immediately reported it to her boss at BP. Oh, I reckon he regretted that. The company conducted an internal investigation and found out that she really didn't tell him anything about the acquisition, and most likely, he overheard her work call. Blimey, that sounds like a right scandal, doesn't it? His missus got sacked, she left Lauden and filed for divorce. As for Tyler himself, the SEC made him pay a fine and he's facing possible criminal charges, which could mean time behind bars. 
Blimey, that sounds like a right bad day, mate. The moral of the story, mate, don't go dabbling in insider trading and then try to cover it up by saying it's all for the misses. The SEC sees everything, and your misses will leave you because you're not very bright. Blimey, that sounds like a proper important lesson, mate. Farsay. Oh, talking about insider trading and the perils of eavesdropping, that segues nicely into the topic of international politics and press conferences. Have you heard the latest news from Kiev? Yeah, I heard about that. There were loads of bigwigs there. Canada's PM Trudeau, Italy's PM Maloney, Belgium's PM de Croo Zelensky and von der Leyen. They all rolled into Kyiv on the 24th of February 2024 to show their solidarity and remind everyone of their support. And you know what? It's the first time I've ever seen the Prime Minister of Belgium. Nice to meet you, ducks. But let's move on to more serious matters. Yesterday, on the 25th of February, there was a press conference with Vladimir Zelensky. When asked if it's time to sit down at the negotiating table with Putin, he replied, Can you talk to a deaf person? Can you talk to someone who kills his opponents? When asked if he would pick up the phone if Putin called, he said, He won't call me. He doesn't want to end this war. Blimey, what a load of codswallop. Who comes up with these questions? I mean, what are they even thinking? If Zelensky had said he'd pick up the phone, they'd probably ask an even dafter question. What would you say to Putin? The answer's obvious. Oh, forget it. They'd be better off asking what it's like in the trenches in winter, especially with a shortage of ammo. You're right, mate. But let's not forget about other important events. A Russian A-50 reconnaissance plane was shot down over the Sea of Azov. It's the second one. And Zelensky gave an interview to Fox News. Plus, the BBC published a dictionary of the first two years of the war. Blimey, that's interesting. What about Israel, ducks? They're still in talks with Hamas in Qatar. The negotiations aren't direct, of course. They're going through intermediaries. They say a potential starting point for a prisoner exchange has been agreed upon, and Hamas is even showing some flexibility, not insisting on a complete troop withdrawal, but talking about the departure of Israeli military from the cities. Yeah, and Israel's Prime Minister Netanyahu presented his vision for the Gaza sector after the war. The plan includes demilitarization and de-radicalization. Oh, that sounds like a big step forward. But let's not forget about the tragedies. On the 24th of February, Navalny's mother was given the body of her murdered son. We still don't know anything about the funeral. Yeah, it's very sad. But it's important to remember all these events to understand what's happening in the world, you know? So we've discussed the situation in Ukraine and Israel. But what about Belarus? There were parliamentary elections there yesterday, and the situation is becoming increasingly tense. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? One of the voters got nabbed right at the polling station for taking a snap of his ballot paper. Blimey, does this mean you can't take photos of the ballots in Belarus now? Right. You see, in the previous elections in 2020, people took photos of their ballots with their votes and sent them to a special platform that conducted an independent vote count. Ah, I see. So that's how they found out the king was naked. Yeah, that's right. And since then, taking photos of the ballots has become illegal. Well, I always thought that only in fairy tales do we see kings walking around in the buff. Seems like politics is a kind of fairy tale too, eh? Well, this fairy tale isn't a happy one for everyone. But let's not forget that we're not here to discuss politics, but to entertain our listeners. So let's move on to the next topic. Are you asking if this is real life? What kind of news is this? War, war, funerals, repression? And I say, yes, this is the real world. We don't have a choice, we can't turn away, and there's absolutely no point in feeling down. 
Let's just keep supporting each other with memes, voice messages, haha, kind words, donations. Let's keep going, ducks. I, I. You know, have you ever wondered why some people love to exaggerate so much? Take my friend Amelia, for example. She recently told me that she has a whopping 14 pets at home. Three cats, four birds, a turtle, two dogs, and four fish. Blame me, that's a proper menagerie. But how on earth does she manage to look after them all? It's like having a whole zoo in one flat. You know what's even more interesting? My mate Javon went on a date with her and said he didn't even see those pets. Blimey, really? Maybe she's just jealous that you've got a turtle? Or maybe she just wants to show off her invisible zoo. You know what else she came up with? A couple of months ago, when my daughter lost another tooth, Amelia said that she hasn't had baby teeth for ages and has already lost 10 permanent ones. Haha, <laughs> that's impossible. Is she trying to become the new Beauty and the Beast or something? Absolutely. Everyone has those kinds of acquaintances, right? The ones who can come up with the most extravagant stories. Acquaintances for whom everything is always bigger, better, and more fun. Yeah, some people just can't resist the temptation to embellish reality. But you know, it does make their stories a lot more interesting. You know, my young friend, we've been discussing all sorts of fantasies and stories here. And it suddenly occurred to me that this is a great moment to talk about support. You know about my Espresso project, right? Yeah, you've already mentioned that. Is that the one you run on Patreon and Boosty, right? You know, mate, and you know what? I'd be really grateful if you decided to support it. You can do it monthly through Patreon or Boosty or just one-off through PayPal or Revolut. I wonder why specifically these platforms, eh? Oh, good question. It's because they provide convenient tools for collecting donations and supporting projects. And by the way, I really appreciate the support of everyone who decides to contribute. Got it, mate. I'll have a think about it. Anyway, I know you're putting in a lot of effort to make the project interesting and useful. Thanks, mate. That means a lot to me. And remember, every contribution, no matter how small, helps me keep doing what I love. Or seek saws. Well, let's put the financial questions on hold and move on to another equally important topic that I recently learned about and which really shook me up. Oh, that sounds serious. What happened? Yesterday, I came across some information that really shook me up. Even though I've heard about similar things before, this time it involves the company Meta. Meta? Isn't that the new name for Facebook, right? Absolutely, my little detective. But remember, the platforms only provide the tools. It's the people who make things happen on them. Just kidding, it's also a question for them. Haha, <laughs> got it. But what exactly is happening on these platforms, mate? You know what, ducks? I read about how some women create accounts for their young daughters, manage these accounts, and post children's photos in swimsuits and gymnastics costumes, attracting pedophiles who are willing to like and pay for additional children's photos in swimsuits. Fly me, that sounds really grim. Are there many of these influencers around these days? Unfortunately, yes. And it's really worrying. I'll tell you more about it on Wednesday. True, I don't like hearing about that kind of stuff, but thanks for sharing. It's important to know. You know, the world is full of terrible things, but there are also some good news that I wanted to share. How about switching to a more pleasant topic? Have you heard about the new series on Netflix by Guy Ritchie? Oh, that's the one who directed Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Sherlock Holmes, right? Absolutely, my young film critic. And here he is back in action. The new series is called The Gentleman, and it's coming out on the 7th of March. Wow, that sounds interesting. Who's in the lead role, and what themes are explored in the series? In the lead role, we've got Theo James, who starred in the second season of The White Lotus. And in my humble opinion, he's one of the most handsome actors I've ever seen. Smashing? How's that then? Well, in a good probably sense. 
I found out that guys like him are called beefcakes, which translates to a stud, a specimen of male beauty. A specimen, haha. <laughs> Blimey, that's interesting. So, in your opinion, is Theo James the epitome of male beauty then? Well, I wouldn't say he's the epitome, but he's definitely very attractive. But, of course, it's all subjective, innit? Haha. <laughs> well, I reckon I should give that series a watch to see if I agree with you or not. And, of course, to find out more about Guy Ritchie's work and Theo James. Uh... Speaking of Theo James and his work, you're probably wondering about my back, aren't you? Well, I had a new experience yesterday, a visit to the A&E department in London. I don't know exactly what's wrong with my back yet, but it's already feeling better. Thanks for your concern and support. Sending you a big hug, but not too tight because of my back. Send me your comments, questions, bulletin photos. Just kidding. Insider information. Also kidding. And tell me what you're planning to do on Thursday. Write to highexpresso.today. With love, Olya.